0: Lenten service evening. From the second chapter of 1 Peter. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, He did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges rightly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The Passion Reading, Thursday evening in the Garden of Gethsemane. And they went to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even unto death. Remain here and watch." going a little farther he fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible the hour might pass from him and he said Abba father all things are possible for you remove this cup from me and yet not what I will but what you will and he came and he found them sleeping and he said to Peter Simon are you asleep could you not watch one hour watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and he prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body. And they seized him, but he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. O Lord, have mercy upon us.
1: Thanks be to God. Deliver me, O Lord, my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me from those who Christ forgave me. In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me not, hold, Lord my God, be ashamed. Rescue me. Whatever may, O oh Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation. Rescue me from my enemies. Protect me, from those who are so yet and We
0: stand for the catechetical recitation. <clears throat> catechetical recitations regarding the Son of God from the Article 3 of the Augsburg Confession. Our churches teach that the word that is the Son of God assumed the human nature in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so there are two natures, the divine and the human, inseparably joined in one person. There is one Christ, true God and true man, who was born of the Virgin Mary, truly suffered, was crucified, died, and was buried. He did this to reconcile the Father to us and to be a sacrifice, not only for original guilt, but also for all actual sins of mankind. He also descended into hell and truly rose again on the third day. Afterward, he ascended into heaven, to sit at the right hand of the Father, There he forever reigns and has dominion over all creatures. He sanctifies those who believe in him by sending the Holy Spirit into their hearts to rule, comfort, and make them alive. He defends them against the devil and against the power of sin. The same Christ will openly come again to judge the living and the dead, and so forth, according to the apostles' creed.
2: God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, we consider as our biblical text tonight these words of Peter, for to this, to patient perseverance, to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps, who committed its written no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return, when he suffered did not threaten far, our text, dear friends, in Christ Jesus. We've sung and considered so far in this Lenten season of these midweek services, these phrases, Lamb of God, pure and holy, who on the cross did suffer. And so now we arrive at this most recent phrase, ever patient and lowly. Patient and lowly. This is where we are here in this this midweek consideration of this beautiful Lenten hymn. Patience. Because patience is such a universal problem, there's no shortage, it seems, no end to the words of wisdom that have been spoken in regard to this virtue of patience. But perhaps a few that you've not heard before. One described patience as the ability to count down before blasting off. That's a decent description of patience. Or patience is a virtue that carries a lot of weight, W-A-I-T, it carries a lot of weight. Or there's this wise proverb about patience, fitting tonight, all the wonderful bean soup we had, tonight, bean by bean, the bag is filled, describing patience. We learn the art and the virtue of patience by the raw experience of life. Ask the five-year-old boy who knows well that his sixth birthday is right on the horizon, waiting. That's the hardest part, isn't it? But patience isn't always just a matter of time. Often, it's more a matter of turmoil and trouble and life's trials and life's tribulations. In fact, in Scripture, the thought of patience is sometimes translated perseverance or long-suffering. Now, I know that you know well in your life and you feel acutely in your life those terms and the sense of those terms perseverance, long suffering. Maybe you know it because a family situation has required painstaking perseverance and patience on your part. And while you've got to buy time so that words can be shared at just the right time and in just the right way with just the right measure, still. Perhaps day after day, the whole situation bears down on you. Or maybe there's really nothing left that you can say or, or do to influence the situation, so you're forced into painful patience and you're forced into long suffering through the thing as long as the thing's going to endure. Or maybe it's a medical problem, medical condition, be that of the mind or of the body. One that's requiring the kind of patience and perseverance you just don't think you've got inside of you. You don't yet know if the treatment's going to do what it needs to do, and you can't yet know, even if it does what it needs to do, how it's all going to work out in the end. If it's going to work out the way that you'd want to see it work out. And so bearing it patiently, you wait. Under its stress, you wait. Or yours, perhaps, is, a, is one for which... Nothing more can be done. And maybe it's not an abnormal one, the kind that a medical specialist could raise an eyebrow to and, and, and scratch his head and rack his brain to figure out the puzzling solution. Maybe it's as common as old age. Old age that leaves you daily knowing more intimately than the day before long-suffering. Whatever the condition, perhaps the stress is beginning to show in your life and and in you, and showing are the signs of fracture, you would think. Maybe your financial situation is so stressing on your marriage that patience with your wife or with your husband is growing very short and very thin, and it seems to be running out, and you, you take out your impatience with the one, and it manifests itself. In impatience with him or with her. Sometimes you find yourself long suffering when someone wrongs you, treats you unfairly, unjustly, due payment is withheld from you, a position, a promotion is bypassed, a position is not extended to you or perhaps even withdrawn from you because you're grayer in the hair than the employer would want to market. Or or the payroll department can afford. And justice, it seems, isn't met. Even children, even teens, are wronged and reviled at times, aren't they? And even by those closest to them. Friends sometimes, companions, teammates. We're, not, we're all wronged. Patience grows thin with us all, And it's true, isn't it, that we're not ever patient. We're not ever patient. When wronged, we revile and we return. And sometimes we think, yeah, and why not? After all, he's got it coming, and who better to give it to him than me? Who better to hear it from than me? After all, I'm the one he's wronged. When patience should hold its tongue. And we sometimes reach what we suppose to be our our breaking point and our limit. We don't hold our tongue anymore. After all, a guy can only take so much, right? Right? When tempers flare and husbands lash out, then wives, what do they often do? They'll repay one for one, insult for insult. And why shouldn't they, we figure, right after all it evens the score? In any way she shouldn't have to hear that from him, should she? Waiting on medical test results, or, or to find out about layoffs or new hires, or painfully in that holding pattern, in life situation, whatever it is, that family situation. Or when one does great injustice to us, or even small injustice to us, so often we grow impatient with it all. And it frays the nerves, and we say things. Sometimes we even do things that, well, they probably do hurt a little bit, but well, excuse me, but I do have bigger things on my mind right now, we figure. Patience wears thin, and it's lost with husbands. Wives, family members, friends, neighbor. Patience bottoms out with God so that he says, wait upon the Lord. And we say and figure, I think I've waited, Lord, for you long enough. For whatever our justifying reasons, who hasn't reviled in return? Who hasn't lost patience? Patience. Christ hasn't. Christ Jesus hasn't. And if there's anyone who would have ever been justified in letting it fly and saying what really could have been said, in returning this for that, certainly it would have been Christ. At least mankind owes his fellow man the courtesy of being his common creature. But Jesus, being God, rightly didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. And yet, when he... God was reviled by us, his creature, he didn't revile in return. When he suffered at our hand, he didn't threaten retaliation. Why is, that all, why, why is this all important for us to consider here tonight? Is it because, as Peter said, Christ is an example for us that we would follow in his footsteps? Sure, that's important. But is it of chief importance? No. No, that's certainly not the end of why Peter, by the Holy Spirit, wrote what he did. It's really hardly the beginning. Christ's perfect patience is important for us here tonight because imperfectly, you and I have repaid evil with evil. And it's wrong. It's important for us because you have arrogated yourself and so have I to determine when you're at your wits end. Instead of letting God determine it, who knows your wits end? He created it and the length of it. Christ's perfect patience is important for you tonight because you've wronged not only him or her against, out, against whom you lashed out at, husband, wife, neighbor. But we wronged God himself, the very one who permits these trying times into our lives and has attached to each and every one of them the promise that grace and strength sufficient will be there for you to endure each one. And yet we grow impatient with him. Christ's perfect patience is important because by virtue of your baptism, You're wearing it. You're wearing his perfect patience. And so consider then just how perfectly patient he was and still is with us. So that you can better know how brightly baptism's robe shines on you. He was reviled, wasn't he? Loathed, hated collective fist of mankind shamefully was raised against him and abused him and it still is and it still does where it persecutes the members of his body the church having wronged no one he was wronged greatly lies were told of him injustice is done to him and these still are where he's not confessed as he should be where he's not given due credit even by his own Or what he's done for them and what he's promised to do for them. His own disowned him. We heard that tonight in the the Passion reading. His own disowned him like we still do when we pursue our own ends instead of waiting upon his ends for us. And yet he's patient. He suffered for us. But make no mistake, while it was part of his plan to suffer for us, he yet still suffered wrongly. And yet willingly he suffered, patiently he suffered, and did not threaten in return. No answering insult with blessing, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Answering lies with patient silence, he like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he... Open not his mouth, but as a lamb, as we just sang, he went uncomplaining forth. We sang it, didn't we, in that beautiful Lenten hymn by the Lutheran, Paul Gerhardt. Remember what else we sang in that hymn? These words, he goes patient on, grows weak and faint to slaughter, led without complaint, that spotless life to offer. He bears the stripes, the wounds, the lies, the mockery, and yet replies, All this I gladly suffer. All of our sins, the least of which are not the sins of our impatience against others, against God. All our sins, he bore patiently, we are told, in his own body, On the tree. Friends, if Christ willingly drank this most bitter of cups for you, knowing it was too great for you to drink, not wanting you to have to even taste it. If he was willing to drink this cup for you, what cup, I ask, what cup would he now permit into your life that would be too great for you? If the Holy Spirit reminds us that I can do all things through him who gives me the strength to do them. If scripture reminds us that as your days are, so will your strength be. Then I ask you, what could be that can't be endured? What could afflict you in mind or in body? What What could afflict you for a little season that won't in due time see the light set and the sun set on its brief day? What injustice could be done to you that's greater than that which was done to our Lord, who did not revile in return, but prayed for his enemies? What cross that you might be given to bear for just a time in this life is heavier and greater than the saving and redeeming cross that Christ, for the joy set before him, namely you and me, that he endured patiently? scorning its shame, and who in due time was seated at the right hand of the Father in glory. And is it not to that end that He permits these bitter cups so often in our lives that through my weakness and in my weakness His strength might shine for the good of another, that through this vessel of frailty He might be glorified, but even these things shall pass. It's said that long ago the king of Siam met with a crushing problem in his life. And so he commissioned his court counsel for wisdom and for advice regarding the matter. And after deliberating for some time, the counselor returned with these wise words This too shall pass. And that's never truer than for Christians. For us, the patient perseverance perseverance with which we live in this life and world, it is just a matter of time, isn't it? For this world and all of the things of this world that bear down on us and that afflict us and that treat us unjustly, this world, as I speak, is passing away. It too will pass. In closing, I leave you with this image. Beautiful image. You probably have heard of it before. It's a modern painting of sorts by modern, I suppose, uh, within the last 30 some years, I'd imagine, by an artist by the name of Shields, which symbolizes in this painting and and in the painting depicts and and personifies the Christian and God-given patience. A being with strong, great wings is represented as standing there with ankles chained to a sundial, that ancient timepiece. And this being, this creature, she possesses powers of flight, but she can't yet use these powers until God's appointed time. Meanwhile, she waits, crowned with thorns, she waits, surrounded by briars, Brambles, briars, which, which put forth fresh green shoots, which show the, the, the viewer of the image. There are more newly budding troubles on the way. But clasped to her breast is the word of God, his promises. Her lips are closed, uncomplaining. Her eyes are looking forward intently to things afar. But things that she knows minute by minute are getting closer. And so she waits in faith, knowing that in God's good time, the fetters will be struck and she'll be given her and her wings will be given to soar. Patiently, that's how we wait for that day, isn't it? It will come. Like that sundial in the painting tells us, like the word of God assures us, it's only a matter of time. So therefore... As scripture says, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. For friends, he who patiently bore our sins and now daily bears to us strength to bear patiently with our trials and in our trials. He's coming. He's coming to bear us home. In his name. Amen.
0: present merciful God and protect us through the hours of this night so that we who are wearied by the changes and chances of life may find our rest in you through Jesus Christ our Lord guide Guide us us, O Lord Lord, while waking and and guard guard us while sleeping that awake we we may watch with Christ, Christ and asleep we may rest in peace eternal God the hours both of day and night are yours and to you, the darkness is no threat. Be present. We pray with those who labor in these hours of night, especially those who watch and work in behalf of others. We think tonight especially of the soldiers abroad, keeping watch for our country. That you would bless them, preserve them, and keep them. And we thank you especially with Colonel Tim Small and his family for his service in Iraq, and now for his safe return home grant them diligence in their watching faithfulness in their service courage in danger competence in emergencies and help them to meet the needs of others with confidence and compassion through jesus christ our lord guide Guide us, us O lord while waking and guard us while sleeping that awake we may watch with christ and asleep we may rest in peace Abide with us, Lord, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Abide with us and with your whole church. Abide with us at the end of the day, at the end of our life, at the end of the world. Abide with us with your grace and goodness, with us when the day of affliction and temptation comes upon us and the night of death draws near. Abide with us and with all the faithful, now and forever. Guide us, O Lord, while waking, and guard us while sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, you offered up the Lamb of God, who on the cross didst suffer. We ask that you keep our eyes fixed on our lord jesus christ the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross may we ever recognize in his suffering and death our refuge from all guilt the forgiveness of all sin and the promise of life everlasting amen now the almighty and most merciful lord the father the son And the Holy Spirit bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen.